Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. I'd like you to turn your Bibles tonight to 1 Kings chapter 19. And uh, Bruce has asked me to uh, fill in for him tonight, and he's away for two weeks. So pray for him. He'll be back with us soon. And uh, we're just going to have a great time here tonight. Hallelujah. So 1 Kings chapter 19. I want to say that God's really moving throughout the church in an amazing way. A gentleman came in the church about six weeks ago, and we'd been praying for him for six months. He'd been in prison, and uh, you could say he was a bit of a gangster. He, he would sell drugs to the local community for years. One of my guys in the cell group knew him for years and uh, found out that he just prayed a prayer to receive Jesus into his life while he was in prison. And uh, we were praying for him for six months, and we hadn't realized he'd given his life to the Lord. Anyway, he, he got out of prison, and uh, he was kind of struggling, as you do when you first give your life. And he didn't know whether he was coming into the church or moving forward with God. But anyway, we, we continued to pray for him. And uh, about four weeks ago, four to five weeks ago, uh, one of my members prayed with him, and he rededicated his life to the Lord. And he came on a Friday night service. It was his first time in the church. And uh, on the night, we do encourage people, if you lead people on the streets to Jesus or in the cell group, we do encourage everyone to bring somebody because there's something powerful about doing a public confession of faith. It kind of cements or seals your commitment to God. A bit like baptism today, 20 people got baptized and they were sealing their commitment. Now, baptism wasn't saving them. It, you know, it was sealing their, their commitment to God. And we encourage you to make a public confession of faith. And on that Friday night, he, he, he was one of the first when I gave the altar call to lift his hand in the air. I mean, he didn't just lift one hand, he lifted two hands and he stood up and he wasn't ashamed. And he was saying, I want Jesus in my life. I mean, this guy was really saved. Jesus said, you know, he, he was forgiven much, loves much. And he'd been through a tough time in his life. And uh, a couple of Weeks ago, we met him in, in the cell group, and uh, he was saying, you know what, I don't know what to do. People are calling me from my past life, and they're trying to get me back into sin, and, and I need a job. Isn't God going to give me a job? I mean, I apply for all these jobs, but because I've got a prison record, um, not many people are going to give me a job. How am I going to get a job? How am I going to follow God? Why don't I just go back to my past life? And there was a little struggle, and I said to him, listen, if you really believe in Jesus and you've committed your life to the Lord, then just believe God that he can give you that job. Well, this week, hallelujah, he, he called uh, one of my friends who's a friend of his, and he said, listen, God has given me that job. Hallelujah. God has given me that job. And it's good when God fixes people because last Friday night he came to the service and uh, thank God for these new Friday night ministry services because there's such an anointing of, of what God's doing. I haven't been there on the other days when I'm preaching, I'm there and you can really sense God moving in an amazing way. And he came again, he's sitting in this transept and uh, I allowed Brett, anybody know Brett, he's on the ministry team and Brett, I said, I said, Brett, you're talking about miracles and healing all the time. Why don't you just 20 minutes, you just come and minister in healing. You, you turn this into your own little miracle meeting. And anyway, I never even knew this guy who got saved. Uh, he's called Paul. He, he was deaf in one ear. He couldn't hear out of his right ear. And Brett gave a word on Friday night and said, listen, there's somebody here who's got a blocked ear, haven't heard out of that ear for a long time. And Paul was the one who responded straight away. Now, this guy, he's a no-nonsense guy. I mean, if he's not going to get healed, he's, he's going to say, I'm not healed. What are you talking about? He's going to argue with you. He's, he's that kind of robust guy. When he got saved on the Friday night, he came up to me. And, he, and I was kind of scared, you know, as you would if you're meeting a kind of gangster kind of guy. He carries a bit of weight upon him. He's, you know, the way he speaks, he's got this really strong voice. And he says, he says, Pastor, Pastor, you, you preached tonight. Everything you said, you said for me. And he grabbed me like a, a bear hug. I remember like this. 
I thought he was going to knock me out. He said, dude, that was heavy. You spoke to my life. And he, this guy's got radically saved. Anyway, Brett prayed for him, and he commanded his ear to be open. And guess what happened? His ear just popped open right there. It was the first time he could hear out of that ear in, in many years. So God is, is moving throughout the church, and he's strengthening the church, and amazing things are happening. Also on Friday night, Brett prayed for a, a gentleman who came in. Uh, one of our guys in the cell group had had a street party. And, uh, and also been evangelizing around the local area. Anyway, got contact with a gentleman who came in. And this young gentleman came in on crutches on Friday night. And uh, I didn't see his crutches because he, he, he must have left them somewhere. He, he went out in the consolidation room because, firstly, he gave his life to the Lord. Hallelujah. He responded in the altar call. Four people responded. Those two gentlemen responded. And he came back in, and Brett was praying for people. And, and his leg was a bit crooked for a while, totally bent. And guess what happened? Brett prayed for him, and his leg completely straightened up to the point where he couldn't run. He, he, took, a, he took a lap the first round that the church ran around, and, and we could see that God was doing something. You know, when a creative miracle happens, sometimes it's not instant. God is still operating, a bit like a surgeon. He's, he's doing it. He's taking time to do it, and we're praying, and you could literally see his knee that was bent on the side. Literally, God was bringing it back into place. And I said, listen, is something happening? He said, yeah, it's completely different. And then he could lift his leg like this, and he could bend it. He said he could never do that again. I said, well, why don't you go for another run? And he ran around completely free around the church. So let's give Jesus praise. God is doing something here in the church. And we should really believe God for miracles. It's part of our DNA, amen? It's part of our DNA. That, and it's not us who is doing anything. It's not us. It's Jesus, amen? It's Jesus who heals people. We, we can't heal people. If we could heal people, you'd all be healed right now. I'll put it on God TV and, and put it on, on, on the internet. And everybody will start coming to KT because we are the healer. But it's Jesus who's the healer. It's Jesus who's the one who strengthens us. We are fully reliant on him. And so let's continue to pray. And I believe it is because we've got this prayer agenda, this summer month of missions. People are praying for missions in the cell group and the activity of the prayer life of the church is growing and we're becoming stronger and stronger and stronger. And I pray for you tonight because um, Michael Yusuf said it this morning that our, our praise, our public praise can't be greater than our private praise. Our private praise is what happens first. And then we come together and we have a strong praise session. Hallelujah. Where's that strength coming from? It's coming from our relationship with God. That's where it's coming from. And uh, often Dave Wellington, and we're going to have a great celebration on Wednesday night, often would say, listen, I'm not here to, to stir you to worship. We, we, we should worship anyway. We're not worshiping Dave or the team or the band or nice feelings. We're worshiping Jesus. Amen. And we turn the sound system up. We should be able to hear the praises of God's people. Why? Because we have a strong relationship with God. Amen. We have a strong relationship with God. And here, I want to read through 1 Kings chapter 19. And that's where I'm re reading from tonight. Strength for another breakthrough. Amen. Strength for another breakthrough. That's what I want to talk to you tonight. God can strengthen you in your greatest hour of need. God can strengthen you in your greatest hour of need. In verse 1, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. And then Jezebel sent messenger to Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as a life of one of those by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life, and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die and said, it is enough now. Lord, take my life, for I'm no better than my father's. 
And as he lay and he slept under the broom, broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said, Arise and eat. And he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. And so he ate and he drank and he lay down. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank, and he went in the strength of that food for 40 days and for 40 nights, as Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said, What are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and a strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And so it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. And I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. And then the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, anoint Haziel as king over Syria. And also you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel-Meholah, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. It shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Haziel, Jehu will kill. And whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. And yet I've reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. Let's pray. Father, as we come to your word tonight, Lord, we, we see in this scripture that you were able to feed Elijah with supernatural food, Lord. Food that came from heaven. And that's what we are in need of today, Lord. Your church is in need of supernatural food, Lord. And we, we've been tasting food of this world, Lord God, and it's not satisfied us. We need some heavenly food. Heavenly vitamins, heavenly minerals, heavenly life, Lord, that will sustain us in our future and in our destiny in Jesus' name. So, Father God, we pray tonight because you are our strength, Lord God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk to you tonight about Elijah and about what happened here. Elijah is a radical man of God. Amen. How many people want to be like Elijah? I want to be like Elijah. Why? Because when I read about him in Scripture, even in 2 Kings, an army's coming after Elijah. Uh, and 50 men from the king, and he sends them up on the mountain, and, and he says, listen, go and bring the man of God down. And Elijah, I don't know what he's on. Sometimes he's got a bit, a bit of a bad attitude. I don't know if he's in the spirit or in the flesh, but wherever he is, he's anointed. Amen. Something's happening. He's got the ability to call down fire from heaven. I wish I had that ability tonight. To call down fire from heaven. Maybe I don't have the right character. That's why I don't have it right now. I'm still in development. Hallelujah. The same as you. But here he sends up 50 men on the mountain. And Elijah just says, listen, if I'm a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume you. And guess what happens? Fire comes down from heaven and consumes these 50 soldiers. And so the, the king says, oh, listen, I'm angry with this guy. Go and get him. Send another 50 people up. So he sends another 50 people up on the mountain. And guess what? Elijah says, listen, if I'm a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume you. And exactly that happens. Fire comes down from heaven. 
I mean, this guy ain't messing around. He's a man of passion. He's a man of zeal. Well, guess what? The next soldiers come up and he's a bit more repentful. <laughs> and he's saying, hey, Elijah, we realize that you're a man of God. Don't call down fire from heaven. And Eli an angel has to speak to Elijah and say, hey, Elijah, it's all right. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I mean, this guy can call down fire from heaven, yet he's afraid. And that's exactly what happened in chapter 18. Elijah gets up there and he is so passionate about God. He's saying, who is God in this generation? Is Baal God or is Yahweh God? I mean, let's have a conversation right now about it. Can your God call fire down from heaven or not? Is your God alive? He's having a discussion with Ahab and all the prophets of Baal. And Elijah puts it between the things. Let's have a competition. Let's have a competition right now. Who is God? And so they built two altars, an altar for Baal and then an altar for the Lord God. And guess what? I mean, Elijah is so radical, he's outnumbered. I mean, there's hundreds of these prophets of Baal, and there's only one Elijah. This is how radical he is. He believes in God. He's got such a radical zeal for God. And he says, listen, you guys call down fire from heaven. And so we all know the story. If you read it, you can read it later in your personal time. All of them, they march around, they call out to Baal. And guess what happens? Nothing. And Elijah's got a bit of a sense of humor. He says, hey, maybe, maybe your God is sleeping. Maybe he's sleeping. That's why he's not he hearing you. Maybe, maybe, huh? Maybe if you call out high, he may hear, but he's sleeping. Maybe he's left town. That's what Elijah said. Maybe he's gone on a journey. Maybe he's left you. And he mocks them. And guess what happens? They start to strip them and slice themselves and nothing happens. And, and Elijah comes up and he says, listen, I'm going to prove to you the Lord is God. So he goes through this operation and he goes on and off the, the altar and he keeps going up the mountain and he pours water and saturates the altar with loads and loads of water. Why is he doing that? He's so radical. He says, listen, I want you to make sure, I want to make sure that the Lord is God. I want to make sure tonight when fire comes down from heaven, you're not going to say that something else. I'm going to pour water all over this to prove to you that the Lord is God. That's how radical he is. That's the type of church we are. Then what happens is he calls fire down from heaven and he consumes the sacrifice. And not just that, but Elijah goes off with a knife and he literally slaughters all the prophets of Baal. I mean, what a victory for God. All the prophets of Baal, hundreds of them are gone. The fires fall down from heaven. Everybody know who the true God is. Amen. I remember, I remember being in Leicester Square in 96 and having an argument with some Muslims. Daniel was there. He was about age 10. He was about this big. He was a bit like Scrappy-Doo. He preached on the platform, Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, people did get saved, and it's good to see you here today. Amen. God is faithful. Hallelujah. I remember, you know, having this attitude. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been there on the street talking to any Muslims, but you know what? I didn't really know it a lot in those days. We didn't have a lot of training about what Muslims were about or anything like that. And I just remember saying exactly like Elijah had said. I said, come on, let's have a duo right now. Let, let's have a duo. I believe that Jesus heals people. Does your God, does Allah heal people? And I challenge them. That's the type of spirit that Kensington Temple is. Hallelujah. We believe about being on the cutting edge about what God is doing. Amen? We're, we're willing to take on society. We're willing to take on the giants. We're, we're willing to tackle serious issues in society. But here we realize that Elijah was a man, and the Bible says, like a nature like ours. He called fire down from heaven. He stopped the rain. 
but he also suffered emotionally. He had fears in his life. And the Bible says as soon as he called fire down from heaven, I mean, why didn't Elijah just say to Jezebel, well, I'll just call fire down from heaven. Fire on you. Fire on you. He didn't. He was, got back into his emotions and he legged it. He ran for his life. He ran for his life and he finds himself under a broom tree and he's hungry. He's hungry. He's weary. Sometimes after a huge victory or a huge breakthrough, we do suffer. We go through highs and we go through lows. And how we wish that we could always be on the mountain. And God has a season for you to be on the mountain, but sometimes you need to go in the valley. Because you learn things in the valley. And here, Elijah, he needs strength. He needs physical strength. He's hungry. And he's going through a depressive state. He's saying, God, you know what? I'm alone. I want to die. I want to go to heaven. I want to be with you. I've had enough. I'm weak. And when you look at this passage, you see the first thing God says to him, listen, he doesn't give him a spiritual word. In fact, God doesn't even turn up. He sends an angel. He sends like a waiter and he says, listen, put a delivery there for Elijah. And he puts, I mean, God is great, isn't he? He says here, then he looked and there by his head was a cake baked on coals in a jar of water. I mean, not even just a cake, not just a bag, but a cake on some coals. Like a barbecued cake. God doing it in style. And a jug of water. And he gives him it there. He gives him it twice. And God says to him, listen. And the angel touched him. He says, arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. I want to tell you tonight that you can't get the breakthrough in your own strength. Many of you tonight, you're trying to break through. You're trying to get to the next level, trying to break through spiritually, trying to maybe grow your cell group, trying to get a job, trying to do this, trying to do that. But I tell you, all you need is God's backing. Hallelujah. You need God's backing. You need God's support. Now, Elijah, he could have celebrated in his, his own success and thought that he was suddenly going to have an international ministry because he called fire down from heaven. But here he is in need of God again. What does that tell you tonight? That no matter what success you have in life, you should always have a heart that says, Lord, I need you. Lord, I'm humble enough to say, I need you in my life. And so he arose and he ate and drank and he went in the strength of that food for 40 days and for 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. I want you to think about that verse for a few moments. In verse 8, he arose and ate and drank and he went in the strength of that food for 40 days and for 40 nights. I don't know about you, but if you go out to eat for McDonald's, sometimes you feel weary within a couple of hours. Because it's not good food. Contrary to what some of you think. Some of you think, oh my God, I'm still going to get McDonald's at the end of this service. Eating wrong food can make you tired. It can make you weary. Eating at wrong times and, and, and different things like that. Being unhealthy can make you weary. But this food, was given by God. That's the type of food that we need tonight, amen? Food that comes from heaven. God fed the manna in the wilderness. Jesus said, I am the bread that comes down from heaven. He is the true bread. He is our true sustenance. That's where we get our strength from. Psalm chapter 27 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? He's linking strength against fear. He's saying, listen, I've got strength. If God's my strength, who am, I, who am I going to fear? God is the strength of my life. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. 
He lays a tail before me in the presence of my enemies. Isn't that exactly what happened here? Jezebel is chasing Elijah, yet God is dining with Elijah. And he's saying, hey, you need supernatural strength. You need something more than what you've been eating these days. You need spiritual food, amen? I believe if we're going to accomplish what God's called us to accomplish, we need something different, amen? Something different that comes from God. Something different. Think about Sarah. You can read it in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 11. It says that Abraham was believing for Sarah to conceive, and they'd been waiting 20-something years, and it hadn't happened. And he slept with Hagar and produced Ishmael. And God still said, listen, that's not the child of the promise. We've heard Artie Kendall speaking about the promise of Isaac. And I believe that's something spiritual that's happening here in Kensington Temple. That Isaac, hallelujah, is going to come forth here in KT. Amen. Laughter and joy, which signifies breakthrough, does it not? Hallelujah. Joy signifies breakthrough. Isaac signifies breakthrough. And the Bible says... That Sarah received strength. Everybody say strength. Sarah received strength to conceive seed. By faith. By faith she trusted God and she received supernatural strength to conceive seed. I remember one of my guys who used to be in the cell. A lady came forward and she was believing God to, to get pregnant. And they hadn't for a while, for a while been trying. Or whatever. I don't know if she'd visit the doctor or the details. But he prayed for her. And he forgot about it. That was it. Just to pray the prayer of faith. Anyway, in one year, she came back. And she said, you know what? The time you prayed for me, it's been one year. And guess what? I've had a baby boy. Hallelujah. That's the type of God that we serve. The God that defies logic. Amen. The God that's able to create miracles. The God that's able to give you strength in time of need. And give you the ability, whether it's happening for you or not, if you believe in God to get pregnant tonight. If it's not happening, God can give you strength tonight. Amen. God can give you supernatural ability. Sarah received strength to conceive seed. And here, Elijah went in the strength of this food for 40 days and 40 nights. Amen. That's a type of revelation that we need to believe for in the church. Not a message. And I say it time and time again where people will leave the place tonight and say, Wow, that was an awesome message. That was a powerful message by Michael Yusuf this morning. That was a powerful message by Roy Fields. We haven't got a clue what he spoke on last week, by the way. Hallelujah. But, you know, it was a powerful message. And Colin, the week before, uh, reconciliation. We can remember that message, maybe, if you've listened to it. Uh, uh, Maybe the week Bruce preaching, I think, the week before last. We can't remember it. And there's so many powerful messages that we do not remember. Those are the type of words that are coming forth that are not strengthening you for 40 days and 40 nights. Why? Because you haven't got the revelation. You haven't caught the revelation. You're hearing the word, but you're not catching the word. Here, God gave Elijah some strength that lasted for 40 days and for 40 nights. Amen. That is the strength that God wants to give you. The second thing that God wants to do, he's giving you natural food and natural sustenance, is he wants to get you into the secret place. That's where your strength lies. Your relationship with God. That's where your strength lies. And sometimes we in life are looking for the wow. Now Elijah already had the wow, did he not? He had the fire. He called down fire from heaven. He had the wow. And we've had some wow meetings in KT over the years. We've seen, I remember a lady in the wheelchair from Iran who came into the miracle mission. 
And uh, she came in, and William prayed for her, and she walked up and down this platform, and she literally walked her wheelchair out of the door, down the steps, and all the way to the car, because Jesus had healed her. Hallelujah. I mean, that is some wow meetings that we've had. And when we're thinking about the next move or the next wave, what are we thinking about? We need to get back into the secret place, get back into the presence of God, and guess what? God decided that he would visit Elijah. And we read it. There was a wind came. God was moving, and the wind came, but God was not in the wind. Then there was an earthquake. I mean, I've heard preachers preaching. Bruce has preached a powerful sermon in the tabernacle when we had the tabernacle. What can be shaken will be shaken. Lord, send an earthquake on your church. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But God was not in the earthquake. And then there was a fire. The fire of God. I mean, I love the fire of God. And I believe that many of you do need the fire of God tonight. Amen. It's the fire of God that changes your life. The fire of God that changes your life. The fire of God changes your life. It purges you from sin. It breaks every distraction, every hindrance, anything that the enemy has put around your feet. The fire of God would burn it up. The consuming fire that consecrates you and gets you ready to do what God's called to do. You can't do it in your own strength. You need the sanctifying, purging fire of the Holy Spirit. And it's important as well, the fire of God. I remember receiving the fire of God when I was 16 years old and I responded in a church service and I went forward and for one hour I was at the front in that church meeting. When it first started there was people around me, people repenting, people giving their lives to the Lord. When I finished there was no one there except the caretaker who was switching the light off. I was there for one hour and the fire of God had touched my body. I was literally drenched. I was just standing there. I'd encountered God and many of you know the time you encountered God. When I encountered God, that was the first time I went back to school at that school year and started speaking about Jesus. Why? Because when you encounter God, when you know that you've encountered God, you want to tell people about it. Under that day, I was just a religious Christian, a church attendee, a nice person. We spoke in tongues, we did the nice thing. But until you meet with God, I tell you, you won't receive the boldness that you need. You need the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the fire, but God was not in the fire. God was in what? A still, small voice. A still, small voice. Turn over there to Psalm chapter 91. Now, this, don't underestimate the power of the still, small voice. Because the power that you need is in the Word of God. It's not in the atmosphere that we try to create in the worship service. I'll say that again. The power of God is not just in the atmosphere that we create in the worship service. That for nice feeling. The Word is full of power, the Bible says. The Word of God is living and powerful, Hebrews 4 verse 12. It is active. It's the Word that will change your life. And Elijah just didn't need the wind, a fire, a feeling, an earthquake. He needed the word of the Lord. He needed a word that would strengthen him in his time of need. And God said to him, what are you doing here? Elijah says in verse 91, verse 1 of chapter 91, Psalm 91, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. 
I'll say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the stare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers. Under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in it your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call for me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Let's give Jesus praise for his word tonight. Hallelujah. Now, you can go through that Psalm 91 in your personal time, but one thing, all that protection, all the shadow of the Almighty, the confidence that God is with you. Where does it come from tonight? It comes from the secret place. Jesus said, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father in heaven who is in the secret place. And your Father who hears your prayer in the secret place will reward you where? In the public place. That's what we're talking about. And Michael Yusuf said it this morning. <laughs> the secret place of praise. Focusing on the secret place of praise. Pastor Colin, before we came up here, he said, it's all about the presence of God. It's all about the presence of God. Where does the presence of God? It's in the secret place. Where was Elijah? He was in a cave on Mount Horeb. Where was that? It signifies the secret place where Moses was on Mount Horeb. There, in the secret place, in the cleft of the rock. Where God hid and God visited Moses in the glory of God. Where Moses said, show me your glory. That's where Elijah was. Elijah needed an encounter with God in the secret place. And God spoke to him, where are you, Elijah? Where are you, Elijah? God spoke with him. And thirdly, how does God strengthen your night? He gives you fresh perspective. He gives you fresh perspective. We can turn back again over there to 1 Kings 19. As we come to a close and the musicians can come back. Fresh perspective. I don't know about you, but you get tired when you don't know what you should be doing. You get tired when you don't know what you should be doing. You don't have a sense of the call of God. You're struggling with your destiny, your future. You're believing God to speak to you. Many people come forward here and they want to know God's will and God's plan for their life. And here's Elijah. He's accomplished much for God, but he's lost perspective. He's in fear. He's in doubt. He needs a meeting with God. God feeds him. God speaks to him. And then God gives him fresh perspective. He says to him, listen, Elijah, you do have a future. You do have a future. I have a purpose. It's not over for you. I'm not going to allow you to die. You will not die. But you will live and declare the works of the Lord. The scripture says. That's what God is saying to him. Listen, you have a future. There's something I've called you to do. In fact, I've called you to go and anoint Hazel, king of Assyria. 
I've called you, KD, to raise up disciples. Amen. I've called you, God, anoint some men and women who are calling out to me and saying, God, use me. But we just need to find them. I prayed this year, Lord, my prayer was simple. Lord, I want to be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing. I don't want to be wasting time with people who don't want to follow you. God has not called us to be part of the kick donkey ministries. Kicking donkeys. Kicking horses. Horses that won't move. We spend all our time kicking people who don't want to follow God. That is not our ministry. The donkeys, they can stay parked up on the side over there. We want to move with some chariots of fire. Hallelujah. We want to move with people who are moving forward with God. And God says to Elijah, he says, listen, go and anoint Hezekiah, king of Assyria. Go and anoint Jehovah, son of Nimshi, over king of Israel. What is he saying there? He says, listen, I'm going to get rid of Ahab. I want to tell you, it's over for Ahab. I'm going to replace Ahab with Jehu. You're going to do it. And I'm going to raise up Elisha, son of Shaphat, in your place. So go and anoint him. Those are the three things that he says. He says, listen, get things back into perspective. I have a future for you. He strengthens him. He gives him a future. And then he says, listen, I've got another 7,000 people who have not bowed their knee to bow. Listen, don't feel sorry for yourself tonight. Don't feel sorry for yourself, Elijah. You think you're alone? There's another 7,000 people like you on the planet. There's other people with your DNA. That's what discipleship's about, amen? Getting around the people with the same DNA as you. What's our DNA as KT? Radical. On the cutting edge. Hallelujah. Confronting society. Speaking up about issues. Preaching the gospel. Healing. Signs and wonders. Church planting. Cell planting. That's our DNA tonight. Hallelujah. We have a future. We have something to do in the world. That's why we're here tonight. And God wants to give you strength strength for the breakthrough. I want you to bow your head in prayer tonight. Firstly, as I do all the time, I want to give an opportunity for people who have not received the strength of salvation. You've not received the strength. Elijah, he said, I want to die. Well, he knew where he was going. He knew God. Do you know God tonight? Do you have a relationship with God? Do you have forgiveness of sins? If you die right now and you face God and he would ask you, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? Would you get in? Do you have confidence? Or tonight, do you need to say, Jesus, I need you in my life. God, I need you in my life. I need your forgiveness. If that's you in this place now, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer. It's a prayer, a real prayer. It says, God, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Today, I choose to follow you. Pray this prayer in your heart tonight, if that's you. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you right now, and I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit that I failed you. I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I don't know you tonight. And today, I want to know you. Come into my heart right now. Make me born again. Fill me with the strength that we've been talking about tonight. Give me a future. Give me a destiny. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose again on the third day. And this day, I choose to follow you. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you, Lord, for giving me a second chance. Thank you, Lord, for accepting me into your kingdom. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and you need His forgiveness, I want to pray with you tonight. While every head bowed and every eye is closed right now, under the sound of my voice, you're in this place tonight, and you know if you're to die, you wouldn't get to heaven. You need His forgiveness. I want you to lift your hand right now because I want to pray with you right across this place tonight, like others have done. Lift your hand high right now. You prayed that prayer. You need His forgiveness. I want to pray with you tonight. Thank you. Lift it high. When you lift that hand, you're not just lifted to me. You lift it to heaven. 
and heaven that sees a hand, God will forgive you tonight. He'll save you. He'll sanctify you. There's a lady there. Lift your hand high. There's a lady over there. There's a lady in the balcony. Lift your hand high right across this place. If you're in this place today and you need to recommit your life to Jesus, saying, God, I need to rededicate my life to you. I want to pray with you. Lift your hand high right now in this place tonight. Thank you. Lift it high. Thank you, Father. God. Every single person has lifted your hand. Stand on your feet right now. Every person has lifted your hand. Stand on your feet right now. Thank you. Up there in the balcony, just stand up right now. The lady in the, in the, in the transept is yellow. Just, lift, just stand up right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if we could just have a consolidator with it, standing next to every single person. Stand. There's two ladies in the balcony. There's plenty of ladies down here, so there's if we can have some ladies, even if you're not on consolidation duty, just if you're a cell group leader, just stand by somebody tonight. We want to make sure that every single don't move. Nobody moving tonight. Stay where you are. Thank you. I'm going to pray. Father, we pray for every single person who's standing tonight. They are bold enough to lift their hand and to stand up and say, I need God's grace and I need His forgiveness. Well, Father, tonight we pray for them that you would release your grace, your forgiveness, and your mercy. Make them new. Let them know that they're forgiven. Their sins are wiped out by the blood of Jesus and that they've got a destiny tonight. Father, we give you praise and glory for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give Jesus praise right now. Hallelujah. If you're standing up, he's going to ask you to leave your seat. Let's all stand right now. Let's all stand together right now. Thank you, Jesus. If you can have the ministry team here at the front, I want you to lift your hands right now to God if you need strength need his strength. Thank you, Father God. You can just stop playing a little softer. Thank you, Lord. Amen. If you need his strength right now, just lift your hands right now. It's two things. Number one, you need physical strength. You need God to supply physical needs. If that's you, lift your hands. Secondly, you need to hear from God. You need to hear the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And three, you need perspective. You need God's perspective right now. Let's lift our hands and let's begin to pray together right now. You begin to cry out to God right now for strength, for your breakthrough in the name of Jesus. You begin to cry out to God for strength right now. Father, we thank you tonight that what you've done in Elijah's life, Lord God, you can do in our lives tonight. You can visit us, Lord God, and you can give us physical strength, Lord God, supernatural, divine physical strength, Lord God, for the journey in Jesus' name and to do the things you've called us to do. Father God, I pray tonight, release spiritual food, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Release revelation over your people, over your church, Lord God. Strengthen them, we pray, in Jesus' name. Father, we pray today that each of us will get into the secret place and receive the voice of God. Hear the voice of God. Hear your word that's able to change our heart. One word from you will strengthen. One word from you will transform. And Lord God, we pray, speak to us. Give us perspective. Give us a destiny in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Well, we're going to finish tonight with a big celebration song. But while we do that, if you need prayer for anything, for strength, relate to this message, then as the praise song's going on, the ministry team are here. I want you to come forward and they're going to lay hands on you tonight. We're going to have a great time. Let's give Jesus a shout of praise in this place tonight. Hallelujah.